now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shilton. And I'm Steffi Barnett. And the Doctor is back. Indeed, we'll be speaking to the producer and director of the upcoming Doctor Who podcast, lovely Ella Watts is here live. And K-pop, the Mollusk Dimension, will be talking to us live. Uh, all that and more coming today, right here on Shout Out. Hello, one and all. Evening all. Evening. Uh, are we all Doctor Who fans? Oh, of course. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> little, little Whovian over here. Yeah, no, just, just, just a little bit. A little I bit. tell you what we should have done. We made such a mistake when we got rid of Ella. Be <laughs> <laughs> careful, she's listening. <laughs> we, we sold her to the BBC. We, we could have rented we her out have. and made oh. a lot more money. <laughs> I mean, the cost of a rental must be sky high now. <laughs> oh. Especially in London. Well, I was going to say, surely it'd be better to lease her out. Would it be better to lease her out instead? Well, um, in case you're not aware, there is a brand new podcast yes. for Doctor Who starting this Sunday. Um, now, it's going to coincide with um, a special episode of Doctor Who, I believe, going out on BBC uh, One. Um, Ella is here, the lovely Ella Watts, who uh, long-term listeners will remember. She's like one of our closest friends and our history buff, and <laughs> I absolutely love her to be. It's going to be talking to her later. But she very kindly sent me a little sneak preview. Have a listen to this. BBC Sounds. Can you hear me? I'm the Doctor. You're forgetting me. My friends, they're being erased from existence, redacted from reality. You're in danger. Something is coming. This could be the end of the human race. A brand new audio drama. We could save people. Something messed up is happening here. We're your only hope. We're in charge now, babes. Doctor Who redacted. When we've saved the world, I'm having the longest bath, though. Listen first on BBC Sounds. Ooh. I love that ending bit where it's like, I'm having the world's longest path. I'm going to ask Ella about that later. <laughs> Sounds so. like me, and I turn into a prune. And they're back into my human form. So, but yeah, we, we were talking to Ella later on in the show. We've also um, got the Mollusk Dimension on, um, talking about K pop. Indeed, yes. Which yes. I know very little about, so it's going to be quite interesting. It is. So, I had heard of it, but um, I'm, yeah, we'll, we'll have to ask him what. It's not, it's not your, your uh, genre. It's not genre. No. What, what is your genre? Well, I'm a kind of 90s. Yeah. Dance. Spice Girls. Yeah. NSYNC. Yeah. Backstreet S-Club Boys. S Club 7. Ain't no party like an S Club party. <laughs> <laughs> well, it shows in, in the makeup. And we've gone to no expense tonight. No expense spared. We've got hairdresser in, makeup yeah. artist. Andy ages. is looking lush. He is. He is. I mean, it, nice yeah, eyeliner. It's a shame it is just radio. Yeah. But well, we do our best. We do. You know. Turned another year older yesterday, you know. You did? So yeah. what, what, what was that, 29? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, I wish. Can't believe I'm nearly 10 years older than you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and as for how much older to be Steph is, well... <laughs> well don't even go months, there. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Thank you, thank you. It was nice. I did, did, did have a good day. Good. So... And it's always fun coming and doing shout out to her. And it's going to be so nice talking to Bella. We haven't spoken to her in so long. It has been a very, very so. long time. 
Stop, is, stop gushing. And obviously Andrew. you've got some great news readers on tonight. Yes, yes. Terry's here with us too. <laughs> Just yeah, Terry. Yeah, and there's... And Matthew. So, oh, no, no, yes. oh, yes. Of course. Oh, yes. <laughs> Lucky enough to be, be to have all three. Yeah. I have to this is the first time we've had to pre record a bit in the news to yeah. make sure we get the pronunciation of French things. Pronunciation. Right. <laughs> That's what you oh. get if you ask me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we're going to kick straight off uh, having a chat um, with uh, Mollusk Dimension coming up uh, very shortly. Uh, stay with us, you listen, shout out. <laughs> Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, it's Andy Powell, and uh, I'm Trouble. You are. <laughs> <laughs> that was very short. That was like a 1950s a little length. little ditty. I liked yeah. it. Two it's, minutes. It's, uh, it's relatively recent, though. Oh. Sorry. It's got a slight Paloma feel to yeah. it. Yeah. I yeah. feel short-changed. Really? Yeah, usually it gives four us even, minutes. <laughs> gives us even longer to talk to the guests. Well, precisely, yeah. Secretly. <laughs> so, but I do, I do like that one. Yeah, so. me too. Anyway, uh, K-pop. Yes. So, yes. Uh, the lovely Squid is here with us live. Hello, how are you? Hello, can you hear me okay? We can indeed, yeah. Very warm welcome to Shout Out. Um, it's lovely to have you here with us. Now, uh, first off, uh, for those who have not heard of the huge phenomenon, I believe it is, of K-pop, can you give us a little bit of background? What, what, what is K-pop? I'm going to have to disappoint you there because <laughs> I don't actually know very much about K-pop myself. But the reason why we used... Uh, so basically, it, it stands for Korean pop. Yeah. And um, as far as I know, uh, lots of people really love um, K-pop, as it's known. Uh, there's also J-pop, which is like Japanese pop. Oh, right. Uh, okay. And basically, um, the the connection is that I just heard my friends um, being really into K-pop artists and kind of like thought, well, what, what about us? <laughs> like, what about um, British, East and Southeast Asian artists? Um because um yeah like i mean obviously you know as a child of immigrants like i don't want to begrudge um the, the the fact that like um there's like really interesting music and creativity like coming like you know like moving across the world that's like really brilliant um but i just kind of feel strongly especially in recent years about being um a 42 year old <laughs> um yeah like um person of colour and kind of like growing up um, li- listening to music where most of my uh, music music icons were um, white, cis hair and male uh, and um, yeah like kind of like hoping for like more nurturing of like um, British, East and Southeast Asian uh, talent in terms of like music uh, specifically pop as well because it's like I think people know about like East and Southeast Asian people like especially Chinese uh, I- I'm actually Chinese uh, people in like classical music that's sort of like there's a connection there um, but yeah, like, so I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> no, <that>. not, <laughs> not at all. This is Ezra speaking. Hello. Thanks for joining. Shout out. <laughs> As Andy said, I just I thought it was a really good explanation, actually. Um, and I was just wondering, like, for you, what was it that got you in into music? Where, where did this passion come from? What started you on, on the journey to want to sort of produce music that other people would be able to be able to listen to? Yeah, well, um, so my... I think maybe my parents were quite unusual. I don't know. Like, so basically, my parents really love music. 
loved music. Um, so my dad uh, is sadly not with us anymore. He loved okay. Italian opera and German leader, and he was an amateur baritone, but he also tried the soprano parts. Wow. No so he listened um, on a, yeah, on a, like to vinyl records. He had a huge like vinyl record collection. And basically he married my mum because he wanted a free accompanist. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. He, he took her from Hong Kong where she like, you know, had like, you know, she played on radio in Hong Kong actually and turned pages and uh, she either played on radio or her pupils played on radio. She had like lots of musical connections and then kind of came to England and like um, she actually um, accompanied for a choir led by this Welsh baritone called Ivor Evans mm-hmm. uh, when she was pregnant with me. So I, I, you know, kind of experienced this stuff when I was like young. And then Very I young kind of in that case. <laughs> <by the laughs> <sounds of it. laughs> and then um, later kind of... Um, yeah, I got in, in my teens. I got into alternative metal and grunge. Uh, it was like mixtape. This is like nine. So basically, I was born in nineteen eighty. So um, you know, mixtapes. You know, people at school doing mixtapes. We remember mixtapes. Not, oh, not, yeah. not every generation yeah. will, but I do remember mixtapes and, and yeah. doing the likes. So. It, what sort of music did you like at that time? Who was on your mixtape? Well. Um, problematic bands as I now realise but mm. like I will throw in a few names though like um, Nirvana especially the early stuff yeah. um, Soundgarden mm-hmm. um, Therapy um, Manic Street Preachers like loads of like like kind of like doomy stuff as well I had this I was really lucky to have like among my pen pals I was just, like kind of lonely so I like wrote to loads of people on um, from Kerrang and like Metal Hammer and that was also where I experienced a lot of music obviously that was quite, mm. quite commercial stuff and uh, one of the pen pals I had, um, he, he ran a, a zine and he made me lots of mixtapes of um, people like System of the Down and yeah. just like kind of people who were just kind of breaking out at that time. He, he went on actually to, I won't name him, but he later worked for a music magazine. So like, I felt quite lucky <laughs> yeah, that I had come wow. access to that stuff. Yeah, but most of these people were like male mm. and, and obviously kind of mostly white as well. I think yeah. PJ Harvey is probably the only female artist like who came through to me and who I co- like, connected mm. with as a teenager. So is part of the reason that you've got to where you are now because you want to be able to connect with, with people that may not have sort of enough representation? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I don't know. It's kind of like that. That is part of it, and it's also like I use music for like mental health recovery mm. and as a coping mechanism. And a lot of my songs come from like sadness and frustration. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like yeah, I use it to survive, and then through that, like I reach people, and it's like a way of communicating with people and, and entertaining people because I do love like you know, despite all the stuff that I kind of uh, have been through, I. I love like making people laugh oh, i just wanted to mention also as well like drum and bass arrived at york uni finally in like 2002 mm-hmm. so like i, I really like electronic uh, dance music as well wow like, very eclectic case. there considering and, you know your folk, parents like, as well so I've, I've got i've got to watch because your your artist name for for um, your songs is the mollusk dimension isn't it yeah where, where, where did that come from um well i've been named i uh, call myself squid for quite a while um and so so that was to do with being a multidisciplinary artist and kind of uh, being a visual artist as well as a sound artist and writing and you know kind of doing comics and illustration animation and uh playing the piano and writing and stuff and the mollusk dimension i I actually can't remember the moment where that came but i liked i love the surreal and the absurd oh yeah so actually you know like other apart from music influences or 
influences that were only music there's a lot of comedy influences again some problematic ones um i can't actually think of any right now but like i like the surreal kind of improv shows and sketch shows basically mm. and and even though they were problematic they you know like the music kind of definitely like inspired me um yeah so yeah now um squid you got um, some stuff coming up imminently and um, also uh, a music video out um, called Asians Have Feelings Too. Uh, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so um, unfortunately, like um, many East and Southeast Asian people, uh, during the pandemic, I experienced corona racism, um, which was also not the first time that I experienced uh, bigotry. Um, but it kind of, yeah, it was like a whole new level, really. And so I wrote this song, uh, called Asians of Feelings too, which is, um, yeah, it kind of is about being um, BC, which is B-E-S-E-A, which stands for British East and or Southeast Asian, and also LGBTIQA+. Um, so it's like intersection of those um, things. And so I wrote this song, uh, which is out on Spotify and so on. And then I worked with this amazing producer called Toi Van Huyn, who uh, helped me to um, yeah get like an arts council funding um, app through, and we got it. And so I've made this um, video, uh, which is going to be screened at my debut solo show, which is kind of late at the age of forty-two, right? It's uh, never too else. late. Never. <laughs> yeah, oh, really. <laughs> There's been many uh, many celebrities yeah. not not famous till their late thirties. So I think you've, I think you've done really well. Uh, oh, you know, not you. not the famous what is to be chased, but to to sort of follow your passion and and, and to bring creativity to what you're doing. I think I think is wonderful. We are rapidly uh, running out of time. It's been okay. it's been incredible talking to you. It's gone so fast. Could you just give Give us a few dates and, and your and your web link and how people can at you and follow you and tweet sure, you. Sure, yeah. So on social media, I'm at the Mollusk Dimension. Uh, mollusk is spelled M O L L U S C, and then uh, Twitter at Mr Gloomy Tunes. <laughs> um, people can, if they want to find out more about the event as yeah. well, they could go to Rich Mix, uh, which is a lovely venue in East London, and the event is on Thursday, the twenty eighth of April. Uh, doors open 7.30 and it'll just be like an amazing evening I just love to see like loads of people there everyone who's open minded is welcome cool well listen Fantastic. it's been great great to talk to you about it um, thank you so much and um, I have to admit K-pop was not something I, I kind of heard of it and knew it was massive <laughs> but um, um, it's been lovely finding out a bit more about, about it and best and of luck this, um, yeah. with the events you've got coming up thank you um, very much and um, yeah thank you very much for talking to us um, squid everyone <laughs> Bye, Squid. Cool. Uh, you're listening to Shout Out. Uh, still to come is Doctor Who. We'll be back in a minute. The Shout Out podcast. Uh, that's uh, M People moving on up. Uh, that's a lovely uh, Heather Small. Uh, who, uh, we, we actually had the lovely fortune of meeting and interviewing a few years ago at Bristol Pride, didn't we? Yes, and she gave me a lovely hug. Yeah. I've not is watched she since. No, she's, she's quite not, she's tall. Really how, tall. How often yeah. do you think Heather Small gets asked if she's small or tall? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I'm taller than you. Oh, how drill. <laughs> <laughs> you can get rid of me anytime you like, but do it after news. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a door over there. <laughs> uh, exit there. I'll go back in my closet. Sorry. I was there for 17 years. Sorry. I don't mind revisiting. Well, if you're not aware, Bristol Pride have announced that the Pride is back again this year. Yes. Uh, after yeah. a two-year hiatus. It's going to be 
big. And it's going to be, it's gonna be a year. lot of people so, want to blow off steam. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, so, yes. And uh, I think we got them on the show in a couple of weeks, so we're worth listening to that. So, mm. Yeah, then. they're going to be Indeed. announcing the headliners. Uh, we should have Terry with us, though. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, how are you? Are you, are you an M People fan? Um, I, I yes, you've got I to like think about it, Terry. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a band I have, you know, a huge number of records of in my vast collection. <laughs> so. Anyway, um, shall we get some new headlines? Why not? Go on then. is Shoutout News on Thursday the 14th of April. A centre-right candidate in the French presidential election has warned that the far right has never been closer to power in the Fifth Republic. It follows the first round of voting which took place last weekend. This is something of an embarrassment for many French people, given that the country prides itself on the resistance and partisan movements that fought the Nazi occupiers during the Second World War. The news channel France 24 reported that the warning for the future came from Republican Party candidate Valérie Pécresse. Twelve candidates stood in the election, but there were many splinter factions standing on the side of progressive parties. For example, La France Insoumise, Parti Verte, Parti Communiste, Parti Socialiste, New Anti-Capitalist Party and Workers' Struggle all have policy platforms which will appeal to many LGBTQIA people. However, their candidates split the queer vote. Incumbent President Emmanuel Macron of the République en Marche party polled 28% of votes cast. He will go to a runoff second round of voting against Marine Le Pen, commonly regarded as an ultra-rightist candidate, and her party called National Rally. Le Pen polled around 24% of the vote in the first round. The abstention rate in the election was 26%. Radio France Internationale noted that another hard-right candidate, Eric Zemmour of the Reconquête Party, had a dismal result of just 7% of votes cast. Zemmour was openly homophobic and a heterosexual supremacist, whereas Marine Le Pen has attempted to distance herself from the more extremist homophobic positions of her father, the neo-fascist Jean-Marie Le Pen, who famously described the Nazi Holocaust against Jewish people as a mere detail of history. After a two-year absence enforced by COVID-19, the Bristol Pride Parade will be back in the city on the main festival date of Saturday, July 9th and will stand both as a parade of the beauty and diversity of LGBTQI plus people, but also as a political statement of solidarity and unity in tough political times. With no less than 18,000 participants when last held, the march is larger than any other protest or demonstration held in Bristol in recent years and underlines how much Bristol values its LGBTQI plus population. But the organisers of the Pride Parade are under no illusions that the international situation remains important, noting, as discussions continue on a full ban on conversion therapy and as the government reviews the Human Rights Act, it's also the opportunity to remember that while progress has been made, the LGBTQI plus community still have to keep fighting for equal rights for all and ensure that hard-fought rights are not only maintained but furthered. Eve Russell, Festival Director at Bristol Pride, said it feels even more important than ever to be be able to bring the community back together to celebrate and protest. We mark the 50th anniversary of the first Pride March in the UK and the LGBT plus rights are still being fought for. Not only does that march serve as a reminder of that, but it also gives the community the visibility to say loudly and proudly, we are here and we are not going anywhere. 
The Arts Professional website reports that LGBTQIA plus groups are broadly pleased after the controversial organisation calling itself LGB Alliance had a grant under the Queen's Platinum Jubilee Artistic Fund suspended. Campaigners are now asking that the grant be redirected towards inclusive organisations. The LGB Alliance is believed by many gay political commentators to be anti-transgender, founded by a small minority of radical feminists who objected to the change of policy of the Stonewall Group to lobby for trans inclusion. Since then, even moderate people have been shocked at some of the policy positions taken by the Alliance, involving supporting right-wing groups in cases. An investigation by the campaign group Trans Activism UK might shed some light on why the Alliance was initially selected as a beneficiary of the grant. They allege that the grant-making body, the LCF in London, includes a woman named Kelly Rust, who advocates for what the LGB Alliance call women's sex-based rights. The television and radio news network GB News reported on Sunday afternoon on the upcoming retirement of Dame Cresta Dick, the first woman and the first member of the LGBTQIA plus community to lead the UK's largest police service, the Metropolitan Police. Dame Cresta came out as a lesbian in 2017 and Wikipedia notes that she was the most high-ranking police officer in the UK ever to come out. Miss Dick has decided to step down from the role of Metropolitan Police Officer after losing the confidence and support of the Mayor Sadiq Khan over her response to allegations of misogyny and racism in the Met. However, the discussion on the GB News Channel was sympathetic to the constraints of the Commissioner's role, noting that Dame Cresta, who was criticised for not dismissing more rogue officers, did not actually have that power. Presenter John Suchet suggested that the introduction of elected mayors in many, in many places had undermined the traditional sorry, of police chiefs to deal with problem officers. Rainbow Rebellion, which is the LGBT plus contingent in the wider Extinction Rebellion movement, participated in civil disobedience in London at the weekend. The ER international body explained the reason for the disruption, saying another wave of non-violent civil disobedience against the UK government for its breathtaking inaction on climate change. Although not necessarily endorsing the direct actions of ER and similar groups, the respected New Scientist magazine agreed with their analysis reporting that the window for acting to keep climate change rises under reasonable control was closing fast and suggesting that public pressure needs to be applied to world governments to act responsibly. The Green Party of England and Wales LGBTQI plus group has said that it took part in Sunday 10th April's national demonstration in London to include anti-trans conversion groups in the proposed ban on coercive conversion pseudotherapies. Led by activists Rare holding the white, grey and pink demi-woman flag, the Green Party contingent joined hundreds of other groups and individuals in marching to Downing Street. The group issued a statement saying GBTIQA plus Greens demand that all LGBTQIA plus individuals are protected by law without exception from the damaging and coercive practices of conversion therapy. We need the government to ban conversion therapy for good and this ban must include trans people. Katie Dollar, writing in the left-wing paper Solidarity, published by the Marxist group's Alliance for Workers' Liberty, said that the apparent anti-LGBTQIA prejudice seems to be motivating the London borough of Tower Hamlets as they threaten queer sex-positive clubs in the district, notably Club Verboten and Crossbreed. Club Verboten released a statement on Instagram saying, In this day and age, the council are seeking to dictate to informed self-regulating adults what they can and cannot wear. They challenged the council saying, is the sight of an ankle, bare shoulders, buttocks, cleavage or chests a matter of legitimate 
public interest. The Solidarity paper notes that since the mid-noughties, there has been a marked decline in the number of LGBTQ plus venues in London, often driven by rising rents due to gentrification and property speculation. In sports news, the rugby season is coming toward an end for its summer recess, but the lesbian-friendly Bristol Bears women's team are facing famous club Harlequin women at home on May 7th, and their final match is away to Exeter on May 14th. Good luck to the team and our thanks to the community newspaper South Bristol Voice for the information. Bristol Bears women play at the Bears High Performance Centre, Beggar Bush Lane in Bristol. And finally, the popular podcast Radio Free Scarrow, dedicated to all things Doctor Who, reports that the British science fiction programme, which has an enormous queer following, has gained a TV channel which broadcasts nothing but Who episodes. The station is available on Samsung-delivered TV packages at Channel 1428. It transmits Doctor Who episodes from the period which its maker, the public broadcaster BBC One, describes as the classic era. This was from the very first episode in 1963 to the final episode in the show's original run in 1989. That date marked the cancellation of the programme, which was then properly restored to primetime television in March 2005, with gay television scriptwriter and all-round good guy Russell T Davis steering the new-look Doctor Who. So, if you have Samsung TV packages, why not tune into the series from the 60s, 70s and 80s? Meanwhile, BBC One broadcasts a new episode of Doctor Who on Easter Sunday. For these stories and much more, we update our website every day, so please visit shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Terry Starr and Ezra Peregrine. Shoutout News, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Oh, yeah, that's a devil by um, Nancy, which is uh, from a film called Buffering. Oh, and that was a naughty version. No, it's a bleeped version. A naughty version. It's, no, it's radio set. No, naughty. that means it's polite. Yeah. <laughs> You know when yeah. Terry- I don't know that they're still together actually, but that that was one of those um, kind of smaller movies that was made. Um, the shout out was actually on several of them, oh. um, and um, she was a brilliant singer. She wrote all the music for that the, the whole film, and that was one of the songs oh, from wow. it. It was a brilliant hit. Yeah. So yeah. yeah you know cool. Terry was on about all the old Doctor Who's. Yeah. I Ooh. remember watching the first ever one. I was ten. Oh god. Nineteen sixty-three. Well. Yeah. Wow. Here's a recap. You're thinking of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> I say here's a recap. Hang on, it helps if you get the right control. Here we go. BBC Sounds. You can hear me? I'm the doctor. You're forgetting me. Me and my friends, they're being erased from existence, redacted from reality. You're in danger. Something is coming. This could be the end of the human race. A brand new audio drama. This is bigger than all of us. We could save people. Something really, really messed up is happening here. We're literally your only hope. We're in charge now, babes. Doctor Who redacted. When we've saved the world, I'm having the longest bath, though. Listen first on BBC Sounds. Well, who else could we get to talk to us about it than the lovely, who lovely, else? yeah, who else? I didn't do that on purpose. Well, the either. producer, <laughs> director, yes, over there. Uh, the lovely Ella Watts is here. Hello, Ella. <laughs> Hello. Oh, it's so um, nice to have you back on, on on the show. So now we should explain that you are the um, producer and director of this new podcast season, aren't you? 
Yes, I am indeed. Yes, this is my baby. And, um, and I'm ushering and, it into the world. And uh, for, <laughs> for, for longer term listeners, you might remember Ella was here with us on Shout Out for many, many months, weren't you, before you, you moved up and joined the Big Beeb? Yes, yes, of course I was. I love shout out so much. It's one of my favourite things in the whole world. I talked about queer history and I did news reading and mostly just got very loud and excited as I am probably going to do today too. <laughs> now, you, come on, you, you must be really proud of this. Um, but before we go in, into all of that, you obviously can't tell us all the kind of stuff because it doesn't come out till Sunday, does it? But can you give us a li- little bit about, you know, can you, can you give, give us like a prelude to the story? Why is it called Redacted? Well, what's going on with the Doctor when we hit the podcast season? Yes, yes, of course. Well, I mean, I can kind of tell you what's in our press release and in our episode zero, <laughs> which we've now released. So we've got this kind of message from the Doctor that you can listen to on BBC Sounds, which is like a, a minute of her kind of telling us. And and what she tells us is that uh, something's happening. Something seems to be making her friends and allies disappear. So everyone who's ever known or worked with the Doctor, they're disappearing. But it seems to be worse than that. They're not just disappearing, they're being erased from existence entirely or redacted from reality Mm. people are forgetting they ever existed all record of them is fading away and of course the problem with that is if all of the doctor's friends are the first people to disappear then everyone who knows anything about aliens and monsters and robots and everyone who could help they're all the first people to go which means that the only people left are people like the protagonists of our podcast uh cleo abby and shauna who make a podcast that is so bad and has so few listeners and so little people care about that they are literally the last people in the world to be affected by whatever this thing is and they're the only people left who remember who the doctor is (laughs) Oh, and um, uh, so how, how many episodes is it going to be when it when it's uh, uh, when it comes out? Is it is it coming out like one each week or? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be episodes coming out weekly from this Sunday, and there are ten episodes in total. Um, you do know that makes and... people scream at their podcast player. <laughs> you get to the end and you're like, ah, but there's not another one for a week. <laughs> I hope so. I'm really hoping that we'll get to see like theories and stuff. That's what I want. I really want people to kind of have reactions and like talk about what they think is going to happen and like how things are going to fit together. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping people will be intrigued enough to kind of follow along with it as it comes out. Ella, is there a Dalek involved? No, no Daleks, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, That's, uh, that is infamously a somewhat complicated subject in the world of Doctor Who because of the really boring subject of rights. Oh, um, right. yeah. <laughs> oh you're kidding me. The BBC don't hold the rights to the Daleks? A lot of the classic Who stuff, I'm sure that Terry knows this, but a lot of the classic Doctor Who stuff, the rights were given to like the original people who created the monster or character and also shared with the person who voiced the monster or character. And the Daleks oh. are one of those iconic characters. Yeah, right. oh. So so what, ca- what came first? How, how did this come into being, Ella? Ah, well, fun fact, actually. Uh, I... <laughs> I'm ready. A couple years ago, I was working for BBC Sounds and they said, hey, Doctor Who want a companion podcast. But there were a bunch of limitations on what that podcast could be. And I was brought into a meeting room and given the chance to pitch for what a Doctor Who podcast could be. And mm. my pitch was, what if we had BuzzFeed Unsolved, but Doctor Who? Um, and BuzzFeed Unsolved is a very stupid uh, YouTube series where two comedians uh, try 
and investigate like ghosts and urban legends and stuff. And I thought it would be really funny if you had people who lived in the world of Doctor Who but didn't think the aliens were real. And so they spent every week being like, okay, now I know that this is like a completely wild thing to say, but what if this blue box actually is a spaceship? Because it keeps turning up places, right? Right? And it's um, really, really big on the inside. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and well, the, the dimensions know just aren't adding up. <laughs> oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay, okay. And um, and what happened from there? How did they they take um, it? Sounds and, like and it so, went well. So, yeah, yeah. So from there, people liked the idea. So I, I wrote a pitch, and then I ended up I approached Juno Dawson. Mm. I loved her novel, The Good Doctor. It was the first official novel for Jodie's Doctor, the 13th Doctor. Um, and I just generally liked Juno's writing. And she'd also written for Big Finish, um, which is the Doctor Who audio adventures that are really excellent. And I've been talking a lot about them because people are acting as if we're the first people to do a Doctor Who audio drama. And we're really not. Like, Big Finish have got this on lock. Um, but uh, Juno wrote some Torchwood audio dramas for Big Finish, which were fantastic. Fantastic. And so I, I contacted Juno and said, Juno, uh, it looks like we might actually be making a Doctor Who podcast. Would you like to come on board as our lead writer? We want to have a writer's room so that we get as many perspectives in as possible um, and so that we give opportunities to new writers. But we really need someone to kind of steer the craft. Um, and uh, yeah, so I met up with Juno for coffee and she really liked the idea. And she started coming up with the characters. She came up with like Cleo and Abby and Shauna and really started like giving the series like a soul. Um, and then from there, we had a writer's room with two of our series writers, Sasha Sienna and Catherine Brinkworth, and we worked out the plot a little bit more. And then two years passed, because it turns out that if you want to do something for Doctor Who, you have a lot of people that you have to get approvals from. <laughs> um, but uh, finally... Well, they all, they uh, all it, must have given the approval, because it's, it's happening. I know, I know, it's wild, Andy, I can't believe it. Um, But you know, actually, I have to say, one of the nicest things that happened was we made a pilot um, before the series was commissioned, you know, so that uh, people could get an idea of it. And Charlie Craggs was in that pilot and she was amazing. She's always been amazing. Um, But uh, I think the nicest thing that anyone said about it was that the people at Doctor Who... Um, Gabby DeMatteis and Vanessa Hamilton who kind of run the like Mm. global brand and editorial for Doctor Who um, their like big piece of feedback was like this is the most Russell T Davies thing we've heard since Russell T Davies was doing well you know um, I was reading um, the 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 BBC uh, news article and you know one of the things that really stands out is that it's uh, completely led by women and by by queer women at that and and that seems to make it kind of stand alone correct me if I'm wrong there but is that the first time um, a Doctor Who spin-off has has been led by by queer women? I mean, there have definitely been queer women and queer people involved in like a lot of Doctor Who stuff in in all sorts of ways, and, mm. I, and I don't want to discredit that at all. Mm. Um, I, I think that the the thing that's particularly unusual about our show is that it's the first time that we've had a series that has had a main character who's trans, right? Um, sure. For Doctor I was just Who, say, yeah, because um, it's, yeah. it's you've got a lot of um, the LGBT plus elements in it from from um, oh. what we were talking about off air. Yeah, it's very, very gay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say I, it like that. <laughs> is, it, is it level 10 gay, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. The, we, we There are no adult scenes because it's a family-friendly show, and I don't know how we define level 10 gay. But, um, <laughs> but we, I mean, uh, we realised during recording, I looked at Juno, I've realised that only one of our writers is straight. Um, and we have, like, we have... Uh, seven writers um, and we were like oh, ah wow. yes we have a token straight um, 
he's lovely. It's, weird, weird. it's really weird to be in that way round, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I can remember you go back 20 years, they would have the token gay on, on the show. Oh, yes. So to, to turn it around the other way is... So, and I don't want to diss him either. I'm sure he's an absolutely amazing writer, I should point No, he's fantastic. <laughs> he's brilliant. We love him. Um, oh, some of my best friends are straight. Um, wow. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I mean, it's been really such a joy as well to bring in as many queer people as possible in all different ways. So, for example, the voice of our credits, um, Jen Kitney, she's trans. She has an excellent YouTube channel called Next Slide, Please. Um, our composer, David Devereaux, is trans. Uh, one of our sound designers, Ali Adlington, is trans. Like, um, obviously, I'm super gay. I'm bi. Um, and it was just really, really nice that every time the person who did our official artwork is bi, um, it was really nice every time we had kind of a new job come up to like make an effort and be like, no, no, we are going to specifically hire LGBTQ plus people to work on this project in like every way that we can. Um, and of course, and it, and it must it must have been great to get to work with Jodie Whittaker as well because she oh she is God, in it, yeah. isn't she? She is, yeah, she is in it. She's not throughout the series. Need mm. to make that super clear. Um, but she does make kind of cameos and appearances. And oh my God, she's such an amazing person. She's such an amazing person. She's so nice. I was really nervous about meeting her because she's one of my heroes. Um, when I first got my first piece of paid work at the BBC, I uh, the first ever time that I went into Broadcasting House in London it was around the time that they'd announced that Jodie was going to be the Doctor and there was this huge sign with a cutout of Jodie Whittaker saying it's about time um, <laughs> and nice. I just fell in love with her and I, I, I just I, I think she's a brilliant Doctor um, and so being able to meet her and work with her was very exciting but terrifying also and I just met her and she was so cool and so lovely and also just really openly and vocally very like pro LGBT like in the break we were talking about like LGBT history and she was talking about like how silly it is that anyone thinks that trans people haven't always been here obviously trans people have always been here and it was so nice to hear like Jodie Whittaker saying that yeah yeah She's well, she's amazing. still still on the on our screens, isn't she? Because um, timed with the release of your podcast, there's obviously Doctor Who going out on BBC One. Am I correct? Yes, yes. Um, Legend of the Sea Devils uh, is coming out this Sunday, which I'm also very excited about as a Doctor Who fan and a known gay. Because uh, you know, in the previous in the New Year's special, it was confirmed explicitly that Yasmin, the Doctor's companion, has romantic feelings for the Doctor. Mm. Um, and so, whether or not we're going to see anything happen there, I'm very keen to find mm. out. Because you know, like, hey, listen, I want a willow woman loving women. You know, <laughs> yeah. Doctor well, Who. Yeah. Sorry, that isn't, great. I'm yeah. sure we've had this conversation before when you were here. In the studio but isn't isn't do- isn't the doctor actually like omnisexual because technically the doctor's an alien and could also you know like fancy aliens yeah well it's, it's one of those gray areas isn't it like i'm sure that like shout out generally and i just like all of us talk about this all the time where like when you're lgbtq plus like often the way that shows and movies and fiction will deal with LGBTQ identities is to be like, oh, well, they're actually a robot or they're actually an alien or they're actually a (laughs) monster um, or they're actually a supervillain. Or Um, And yeah exactly yeah. like and and then that's such a complicated thing because sure. on the one hand i think that villains are super hot but on the other hand maybe <laughs> i think that because villains are queer coded um <laughs> yeah. and um with the doctor i think that's complicated again i think that doctor who official have always been very careful to not try and take 
credit where they can't really take it. Like they've never、mm. come out and said the Doctor is trans, even though the Doctor changes gender and has like this complicated gender identity.、Um, mm. Because the Doctor has also only ever been played by a cisgender person, right?、Um, and but I don't I know about you,、like、some- but I, I am liking the fact that you, we are seeing more representation in shows. You know, and、yeah. it's not、yeah. it's not about them and the fact that they are LGBT or plus. They just happen to be, and it's you know, it's nothing to do with storyline. It's just like oh. He's actually meeting、yeah. his husband and kids from school. It does make a huge difference you know, to the LGBTQ plus community、mm, watching there that are just it, so involved、yeah. with that series. There's so so much love for Doctor Who,、mm. and I know that you know there's a lot of people in my life who are LGBTQ plus who have always absolutely adored it. So seeing that quite clear representation, or, although it shouldn't have to be made like explicitly obvious, it does really touch people, and and, and it is something that I think should be seen more. So I'm just I'm just so excited about this, Ella. Are you, are you sort、oh. of、um, uh, with bated breath? Is it sort of like? Until、oh, Sunday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the anxiety is overwhelming. <laughs> the pressure is crushing me. Good lord.、Um, I'm really happy that everyone is excited about it, but also because people are excited,、sure. now I'm like, oh god, we have to live up to expectations. <laughs> just put your phone on airplane、like、mode.、It. No, I'm, I'm just. Yeah. Does the、um, does the TV、uh, program flow into the radio drama?、Um, no. So we are. So the difference between us and Big Finish is that we are, you know, current in the canon timeline. So theoretically,、yeah. what happens in our podcast is happening in the same timeline as the TV show,、okay. rather than kind of happening in the Doctor's past or the Doctor's future.、Um, but、uh, we are like a separate creative team to like Chris Chibnall's production team and creative team. So we had to be aware of some plot stuff for the TV show so that we didn't repeat anything. Um, and because obviously we've got Jodie in it, but、um, it's not it's not connected to Legend of the Sea Devils.、Um, they are two different storylines.、Cool. Well, listen, Ella, we're, we're rapidly running out of time,、um, and you know us; we could talk to you all day. <laughs> you know,、uh, so for for listeners, where can they get it and when? Right, so you can get it on the BBC Sounds app or website,、um, which is available around the world、um, and on all devices,、um, and it will be available.、Uh From this Sunday evening,、um, in fact, the feed is already live, so you can already subscribe to the feed, so that you make sure that you immediately get that episode one as soon as it comes in,、um, where you can listen right now to episode zero. And if you want transcripts, the transcripts are available on the BBC Sounds website. So if you're at all hard of hearing, or you have any trouble, or you just want to read a transcript, then you will be able to do that online. Cool. Listen,、uh, Ella, it's absolutely amazing that you've gone from being here in the studio with us to being a producer and director of something Doctor Who. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. So, <laughs> so you know, well done really, for really、so、well done on it. And I, re- I can't wait to hear it. I don't know about you, but I just can't wait to hear it. So, <laughs> I, I'm psyched. Can't so, wait. And I'm really pleased to say, hopefully, you will hear Ella with us at Bristol Pride this year. Yes, so,、um, yes, yes, we will. We might not let you go back. <laughs> <Yeah> . Anyway, for now, ladies and gentlemen.、Uh, The lovely Ella Watts. Thank you.、Uh, stay with us. You're listening to Shout Out. Back in a minute. For more information about Shout Out Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shout Out LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. That's a Samba de Janeiro. Bit of an old one, that one. It's by Bellini. Was good though. Yeah, I had me maracas out for、yeah. that one. So, Ella, you do know you're going to have to text me as soon as the the, the show's live, don't you? 
<laughs> yeah, be, like, I, I'm not sure if I'm still here, but yes, if I am. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. Because, yes, yes. Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to text you as soon as the show's live. I'm going to be live tweeting you my anxious updates. Like, oh God, Andy, do you think people like it? <laughs> and then, and then I'm going to listen to it, and I'm just going to text back and go, Ah, another week. <laughs> Many of us do leave it on a cliffhanger. I'll, so, I'll tell you that. Now. I'm, I'm really curious because I, I know there have been other audio things but I've never really listened to anything because I mean I, I watched Doctor Who and I've never really thought about the audio side of it and of course you can do a lot of things with audio that you can't necessarily do without ridiculous amounts of visual effects on a TV show you know so you can get away with, with some some things I'm not going to ask Shella to tell us because that would be telling us the content but of them But I, I was going to say the Archers do it very well mm. um, for those of us that are Archers fans with special doorbells good link and Andy the Archers and <laughs> Doctor Who yes. love it hey listen they're <laughs> part of the same continuum I am yeah. not an Archers snob I, you know the Archers has, has kept people company for decades yeah. Yeah. absolutely you know yeah. I want to like, yeah I want to break the stigma I really love the Archers you know and I, I never thought I'd invest in you know for, for, well, for young people to listen to the Archers and yes I am 37 don't look at me like that but you know <laughs> younger younger people <laughs> and, and what a brilliant theme tune right the theme tune yeah. I just love it and yeah. it's a good it's a good thump in the, the back to say it's bedtime because as soon as the archers well, is finished you go to bed I've got to say as well <laughs> they do touch on some brilliant subjects in their own way and yes. I think that's what's really really important about any radio drama that's bringing in a massive audience um, it's, it's about connecting with people for whatever reason and bringing people together to have a conversation and if it's people that are already feeling othered like the LGBTQI plus community do often then what better way to bring people be- together than into a TARDIS yeah. you, know, how, it, you could have a real good got, party in a, um, in a TARDIS it's got a name isn't it is it, is it Foley Artists that, that do know. the that's the name of the people that do flowers, the sound effects yeah that, that, like, that would be for visual stuff but in audio with sound designers um, oh, right, okay. because uh, yeah we, we have lower budgets so we do everything I have waded in a bathtub recording myself while sound designing a piece that image will be with yes. shout out forever Ella <laughs> <laughs> in fact every time I hear a sound effect of a bath I'll be like is that Ella <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway that's it for this week's show Doctor Who will be available on BBC Sounds um, from Saturday uh, if you want to hear any of our show again or indeed any of the other shows uh, you can do so online head over to our home at shoutoutradio.lgbt where you can contact us find out more about us and grab any podcast you might fancy so um, we'll be back next week uh, when we're talking Rent um, and if you're really lucky, I'll record Alice screaming at me on, on Sunday. So, but for myself and the rest of the team, say bye bye, everyone. Bye. bye. LGBT radio for you.